21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Why did you retire at the age of 32? Uh, so my cell phone business was kind of coming to an end, um, but I had built up a real estate portfolio that essentially provided enough passive income that I no longer had to go into my stores anymore. Um, and so I made the switch from having to go in, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week and instead had money coming to me in a mailbox from investment properties that we had uh, all over the place. And that, you know, those investments were enough to pay for the bill. Uh, when you say passive income, what does it mean? People usually speak about passive income and it's it's not so defined. Yeah, so sorry. No, you're, you're right. I think most people think that real estate is passive income. Um, but then all of a sudden you get that phone call from that tenant at two in the morning that, you know, the sump pump went out or the house is on fire or something froze or who knows what. Um, so for me, passive income is really, truly the word passive. Um, and so, you know, part of the structure that I had was a property manager and other people that took all those kind of calls so that it truly, by the time it got to me, it was actually really passive. You know, I'm an investor in over a dozen different companies right now, and I don't go to work every day for those companies. You know, I love to talk about them. I love to tell other people about them. I love to support them, but I don't want to go to work. Um, and so when I invest in something, especially passively, it's exactly that, right? It's supposed to be passive. It's not supposed to be an extra job. It shouldn't take away from the other stuff that I'm doing. It should only um, be a, an addition. What's a burning passion with uh, with the income that I get? I don't know, with your life, with your... <laughs> yeah, so I think the biggest thing for me has been freedom of time. Um, to really, truly be able to do things that I want with my time. You know, when when I was building my first business, you know, the first four to five months were literally me as the only employee. Seven days a week, open to close, you know, and then from there hired an employee and then another and continued to grow. But I gave 10, 12 years of my life of going into work every single day, no matter what. And when I built up the passive income, I was able to finally have control over my own time. Um, and then through that, be able to invest my time into places that I wanted to and create more relationships um, and grow otherwise. Whereas when you're in the business every single day, it's hard, you know, the business kind of controls you. Whereas when you're able to do it from an outside perspective, you're really given the, ab the ability to control and grow the business. Do you have daily routine? The big thing for me is sustainability. Okay. So my schedule is not, you know, wake up at 5 a.m. and grind 15 hours a day and all that kind of stuff. You know, I do wake up relatively early, but I don't do any meetings until 10 a.m. So that's one of my rules is my, the beginning part of my day and the end part of my day is for planning. It's for at the end of the day, I go through everything that still needs to be done. You know, maybe it needs to be done that day or I can have I can create a list. I'm really big on lists. 
Um, I love checking off things. I like to know what my days kind of look like. And so I end every day with that. And then I start the next day with what are the things that I need to accomplish today in order to get my company and myself to the results that we want to get to. Um, and then from there, all I have to do is do the things that, you know, I told myself I'd do. And when I do those things, good things happen. What are your personality traits and some other strengths that from your point of view helped you out coping with various issues, problems, challenges? I think one of the things that I'm really, really good at is scaling businesses. Um, and how we scale things is through actually creating repetition and routine. And so one of the things that I'm pretty good at is as we've grown different businesses, whether it's cell phones or whether it's real estate, and now as we're scaling Everbowl, it's about creating consistent, repetitive things that others can then repeat. Um, and so, you know, my my way of doing that is by getting in there and understanding the business. You know, when we started Everbowl, I was in the stores working every day and making bowls and serving customers. And then from that, we can hire the right people that can then take it to the next level and teach them how to hire the right people to take it to the next level and continue to grow. So scale is definitely my friend and, and growing businesses is uh, my favorite thing to do. What has been your most successful business venture? Is there one or they are all very successful? Um, no, I've, I mean, I've had a few losses too. I'm happy to talk about those. But the most successful ones for me are definitely the ones that we talk about, right? Which is cell phones, real estate is um, you know, ultimately what's made my life completely different. But the big swing right now is Everbowl. And it's this idea of bringing healthy eating to everywhere across the country. Um, and so I think, you know, for me, it's not just about ROI return. There's also other benefits um, of some of the things that we're doing. And so as we're growing um, this concept, we're, you know, able to provide more healthy meals and able to bring on more investors and create more jobs. And um, there's other ways that we get ROI. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously we prefer, or we definitely love uh, a positive ROI and money as well. What are your KPIs then? So if, if uh, ROI is probably still important, <laughs> it's always important, yeah. Yeah, so I think the KPIs vary business to business, and essentially our KPIs equal our outcomes, right? So in the restaurant business, we need to pay important pay attention to important things like what's our return customer percentage. You know, it doesn't matter if we're serving food. What's the likeliness that people come back? Right, that's a KPI. Okay, you know, now your staffing percentage, how much you spend on labor, how much you spend on food, you know, week over week sales, all these things. If we pay attention to those KPIs, then results happen, you know, but it's no different in my personal life. There's KPIs, right? If I spend more money than I make, what happens? My net worth goes down. If I eat more calories than I burn, what happens? I gain weight. If I eat less calories, I lose weight. And so, you know, KPIs and, and monitoring the things ultimately is what will decide the outcome. Um, and so we're always paying attention to the things that most drive our outcomes. What is your business model? How do you make money? Do you have one business model uh, on the level of all of your businesses or... Yeah, I love this question. So, you know, we're constantly doing grand openings and we're doing all these kind of things. But 
all of those are fun and they're exciting, but they're one moment. You know, it's a one night thing, it's a one night deal, it's a one time promotion. But the most important thing is what are the likeliness that a customer will return? Okay, if you want an ultimate KPI, when that customer is at the end of their transaction, ask yourself, look in the mirror and ask yourself, will that customer come back? Because here's the deal, doesn't matter what business that you're in, you could be selling real estate, you could be selling an acai bowl, you could be selling you know, a multi-million dollar, whatever it is, but your return customers or the people that would return to you will also refer other people to you. So as we're going through, it's not just about are they likely to do business with us again? It's are they likely to tell their friends about us? Are they likely to cater in their office with us? And the more that we can up our likeliness of customers coming back to us, so maybe it's a rewards program, maybe it's a promotion, maybe it's a, anything that we can do to increase and then make sure that we have people in our stores that deliver this remarkable experience so that it increases our odds of customers coming back. Now just, yeah, nothing matters if our customers don't come back. So triggers for helping with a customer experience, is that what you're kind of looking for? Yep. Okay, great. So there's a popular meme that's been going around forever that says Starbucks isn't the best coffee, McDonald's isn't the best burger, but you know what they both do is they're consistent. So when I think about customer experience, we have to think about how do we deliver a customer experience that's very consistent and that meets or exceeds what their expectation is. Okay, so part of that is for us to create tools that help our staff create a repeatable experience, right? How we talk about the menu, how we talk about our toppings, how we talk about our company and when it was formed and how we educate people about our ingredients. All of these things are very important because when a customer walks into your business, if they've never been there before and every single person working for you greets them differently, talks differently, points out different things, you've got a really inconsistent experience. And so what's most important for us and what really helps with delivering um, is to help create consistency because as consumers, we want consistency, right? When I go into a business, I don't want every single time that I go in there to be a new choose your adventure. You know, when I, if I go into a place and I order something, a 10 out of 10 for me is that, you know, an employee with a smile on their face helps me in a reasonable amount of time and that my order is accurate. And if we can do those three things and have some smiles on our face and make some delicious food and encourage, you know, and give people the best experience that we can, they come back every time. So on a, on a business side, 
Is it a specific uh, project management that you are using, organizational culture, something, something else, all of those things? All of it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it really is all of it. It's starting with your culture. It's having a very defined culture. You know, whenever new uh, new employees start with us or we have a grand opening and there's a bunch of new employees, we don't start with our food. We start with our five core values. We start with the things that our company was founded on six years ago and the reason that we're still in business, we're continuing to grow. Our first two core values are making friends and having fun, right? Because what do we just talk about? We talked about the importance of having customers come back. And if we can make friends with our customers, we can get, you know, compliment their shirt, compliment their earrings, ask them how their day is going, you know, like the little tiny things, nobody does that anymore, you know? And if we can just simply be kind and make a few friends every day, what, what happens? They come back and they enjoy your business more and they tell other people about it. And before we know it, we have wildly successful restaurants that are full of customers that are our friends. And when you say little things, little, little tiny things, how important congruence is? Consistency is so important to the overall perception of your brand. Okay. I love Chipotle. Um, I, I love Chipotle. I eat them once or, you know, once or twice a month, probably get them delivery. And every single time that I order them, it's messed up. I mean, my bag is open. The bowl is open. It's tossed around in there. They forgot this. They forgot that they added something they weren't supposed to. Well, I used to order them once or twice a week. Now it's once or twice a month. What happens is they have stopped making me believe that they're consistent. And because of that, I don't trust that I can get the food that I've ordered and I can get it correctly. And if you look nationwide, it's happening to a lot of people. They, they A lot of them feel this way. It's why we have to be consistent, right? Our customers are counting on us to provide them something that they've paid for and us not doing so is irresponsible. It's just irresponsible not to care. It is a privilege to be able to serve food to the public. And I want to say that again, because I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm just another restaurant or another this or whatever. No, we are feeding the public with ingredients that are from Mother Nature and are good for them. This is a privilege. And we need to treat it as such and take it seriously and provide them the best that we can every single time. Or we, you know, just like many other restaurants, we'll go away. What are the other values? So you shared with us the first two. So make friends. Mm -hmm. Have fun. Uh, have fun. Okay. Be remarkable. So being remarkable is intentionally going above and beyond, right? Making sure that that order is, uh, is perfect. Integrity. You know, doing the right thing, even when you're not supposed to. And our last one, which is probably one of my favorites, is Kaizen. Um, Kaizen is the idea of, of getting 1% better every single day. Um, and in our business, you know, we're talking about superfoods and a lot of times ingredients that people don't always understand. Um, and, and so we're intentionally try, trying to have our staff get a little bit better every day and increase our knowledge. And when we do that, then our customers get a little bit better experience every single day and we continue to grow together. Are you aware sometimes of the transformation uh, some of your employees have 
and what what are some of the, of your experiences are you happy when you see that a specific person is different person after a year or two years what is the the transformation process and uh, how do you experience it yeah so we we live by our core values if you walk a- around our store they're hidden in our store for our employees to see and we are always going back to those core values Okay, a perfect example is maybe there's a customer that doesn't have a great experience, right? We can go and we can correct them and talk about what they did wrong, or we can refer back to our core values and talk to that employee about the importance of making friends, the importance of being remarkable and providing them with a great experience, right? And at the end of the day, it's a Kaizen opportunity, right? Hey, I just want to let you know that this happened with this customer. Here's an opportunity for us to Kaizen. And so we can actually use our core values to help benchmark and grow our employees because it's pretty cut and dry what we're looking for. And what's interesting is all of a sudden you hear our employees start saying it, you know, hey, I went to this restaurant and they were not remarkable. I hear my employees say that all the time because guess what? My employees start to feel it. They see it their expectations change. They go somewhere else for lunch or dinner. And then when they're given a poor experience, it starts to click. They realize that they don't want to be that person that messed up that order and that created that. Because how many times, I can't tell you the amount of times that somebody orders for the whole family, you want to give them a great dinner. And if you miss one of those people's dinner or if you goof up or you put the wrong item, that can affect somebody's night. And we don't want to do that. We want to give them positive. We want to fuel them with things that have been around forever, give them amazing experience and do so uh, with a smile on our face. And if we do that, that's where we grow. As you work with lots of different companies and grow in your career, as you start your own company, you get to take little bits and pieces from these other companies and essentially put that together. Um, And so the idea of having a mission statement, of having values, of having things, I think that businesses need to start with that. And that sometimes those values can come from other places that you've worked for, that you understand are important to bring into your business. So when I start a business, you know, you're starting with the idea, but you have to start, as we talked about earlier, start telling what those KPIs are that will get you to the end goal. And I think a lot of times when we start new businesses, you know, it's really exciting. You know, when I was starting our first restaurant, you know, you're paying attention to construction and this and that and all these other kind of things. But at the end of the day, we need to refocus on what ultimately makes the business successful. And what ultimately makes the business successful is having a lot of return customers. Right? And so the number one thing is people are planning out a new business is okay, let's say you nail it. Let's say you create this restaurant, you do it, everything's right. At the end of it, are people gonna come back? And as you're, and you know, and as I've built other businesses, you know, real estate, I own a lot of commercial properties. 
part of what I need to do is provide businesses with a fair place to do business in so that their customers come back so that they continue to be successful. Everything that I do is making it easy for people to do more business with us. Whether it's my employees, my investors, our companies, our customers, our real estate, our anything, it's making it easy to do more business with us and continue to do business with us. Because everybody else, they they drop off. They go for max profitability, max this, max whatever, and they don't stay focused on the customer. And when you stay focused on the customer, it feeds your top end enough that everything else works out. We're definitely doing some fun things at Everbull and people you know, feel free to reach out to me, either Sloan Capital on Instagram or Justin Sloan on LinkedIn, our website, sloan-capital.com. Uh, we are in the process of raising dollars right now for the next batch of these restaurants. Uh, and it's always, you know, like I said, more fun to have more people be part of our success and as we continue to grow and create jobs everywhere. So appreciate you having me. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskorik. Thank you.